Welcome to the Score Music and Sports Podcast. I am John Adams, and today's guest is the latest superstar from Big Machine Records. He is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist, and his new album, 2,000 Miles, was just released. We're going to chat music and sports with Tyler Rich right after this. Hi, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right now, the coronavirus is affecting all of us, but for communities of color, the impact is especially devastating. Sadly, this pandemic amplifies the real-life consequences of existing economic and social inequalities. That's why the NBA is partnering with the National Urban League to help inform, represent, and empower communities of color. This is a time for all of us to help all of us, and the more we understand the issues, the more we will be able to solve them. Now, more than ever, we need to be in this together. Be safe, be informed, and get engaged. Welcome back to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast. Joining us from Big Machine Music, it's country music artist Tyler Rich. Welcome to the podcast, Tyler. How are things? Hey, things are amazing. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I'm, we're stoked to have you. And uh, c- congrats on the new album. It's your debut album, 2,000 Miles, just did release. And uh, I know we're going to dive into the music in a few minutes, but uh, congrats on that. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Super exciting. Yeah. yeah it's been a, been a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm sure that COVID and everything else didn't help with the timing of, of, of the debut album. No, we, we've been uh, kind of battling hurdles this uh this entire time as everybody is, you know, in every industry, but, um, yeah, definitely, uh, all kinds of corners we've cut. Um, but effectively it all, it all ended up working out. And I know you're in Northern California right now and it's like wildfire season and is it smoky and just horrible where you're at right now? Are you okay? Um, so I am actually in LA, um, and it is fairly smoky here, but I mean, obviously the the fires are crazy up North. Um, My little pocket of where I'm from is called Yuba City. I was originally born there and raised there in the pocket of Sacramento. And it, uh, the, as of two days ago, man, it was like the, the worst air quality in the entire state because they're just sandwiched in between monster fires. Um, yeah. It's kind of becoming almost like hurricane season out on the, you know, down in the south and on the east coast. But, you know, fire season is almost inevitable now every year. And it's just uh, devastating. Yeah, right now I just want to get through to October and into the holidays, cooler weather and and, and fewer fires at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think the faster we get through all that too, it feels like it's going to be 2021 and that's what everybody's hoping we finally can get to at this point. Yes, and so if you're from the north, Northern California area, Sacramento, are you, is your fandom all Northern California, like the Kings and the Giants, that kind of thing? Or are you Oakland and where does your fandom lie? Uh, uh, my fandom lies uh, strictly with the Bay on the San Francisco side. <laughs> so um, they, the Giants and the 49ers. And um, I've, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball fan, but I primarily focus on <clears throat> football and baseball. No, I I get that because I'm a huge baseball fan too. I love my I love my sports, basketball, football. They're all great, but baseball holds a, a, a certain I don't know lore, certain soft place in my heart. I love baseball. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just so, uh, I can't even think of the word, baseball, it's just so, so wholesome, you know, it's just such a, it's just an incredible game and an incredible, uh, you know, group of people. Every time you go to a, a baseball game, it's just the most peaceful, fun, you know, environment ever. Whereas in, God, I love going to football games, but, you know, they can be stressful <laughs> and they're, they're aggressive and it's like pre-gaming and they're usually hammered by the time you leave and, um, baseball's a little bit, a uh, little more easygoing and, you know, it lasts so much longer, but with basketball, it's like, I, you know, I grew up when the bas- when you know, the Kings were killing it, you know, and like the Laker rivalry and all that stuff. And yeah. it was really fun to watch it as a kid. Um, and then because basketball is, you know, not my favorite compared to football and baseball. Mm-hmm. And then the Kings stopped doing as well. You know, when I was in high school, I stopped caring as much and really focused on the 49ers and the giants. And then, um, I'm moving in with a couple of buddies that, you know, from the Bay Area and they're massive Warriors fans um, during the beginning of the dynasty, like, you know, way back, um, right when they were first signing Curry and like all mm-hmm. the guys. And, um, so he had it on every day. And so I, you know, I started watching basketball when that was exciting as hell. Um, and then we have a personal tie to the Warriors that is, you know, over the past five years, it's been brought a, a, a big line, you know, allegiance to that team. Um, my wife's like one of her best, best friends is Aisha Curry. And we, um, <laughs> it's, uh, and so, yeah, name drop. Um, and so we, yeah, you know, spend some time with them off and on. She's been friends with them for, you know, a decade or whatnot, but oh, great. In the past few years, getting to go to games and like the finals and stuff has definitely made me a for sure Warriors fan. Nice. <laughs> if I was ever, you know, just, uh, and you can call me a bandwagon. That's fine because, you know, I did come on board you know, around <laughs> like eight years ago, but, um, it's been a fun eight years of being one. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is the year for them not to do well. And, you know, they're not in the bubble. They don't have to worry about that. But they have that beautiful new arena. Have you been able to go to a game there yet? Uh, I have not. Not yet. It's fantastic. Huge board in the center hang from the, from the rafters. It looks amazing in there. It's, it's a fun environment for sure. Oh man, I can't wait. I know. I, I just can't wait for games in general. I'm so ready. Same here. <laughs> I want to get back into a stadium, <laughs> sit with fans, sit with friends, talk some smack, and enjoy a game. Oh my God, yelling at strangers wearing their own jerseys. I mean, it's the best. <laughs> still, I, I know you're a Giants fan, and I hope we can still be friends because I was born and raised a Dodger fan. Um, oh yeah. yeah so, it's okay. all right. I won't hold it against you if you don't hold it against me. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about that rivalry from your perspective. What what is it about the Dodgers that that gets under your skin? Oh man, it's so funny because you know, like half you know, so many of my friends are Dodgers fans. Um, <laughs> well, you're in LA and, now too. Yeah, and you know, I've been back and forth. I've been technically in LA for probably 13 years now, and I live in Nashville as well. You know, so I go back and forth, but. Um, we, uh, which is actually why the album's called 2000 Miles, because the entire time I was creating it, I was going to and from my houses in Nashville and LA, which is 2000 miles apart. Oh, uh, that's great. And yeah, and it's, um, man, with the Dodgers, so I think the reason that so many of us don't, you know, like obviously, you know, it's the division rival. I mean, that's an easy go, but then sure. I don't know. There's such a cockiness, but I feel like that's how everybody feels about the team that they don't like, you know, like the rival on the other side is they're cocky. They're arrogant. You know, their fans are cocky and arrogant. And, <laughs> um, when realistically, you know, <laughs> it's all the same, but 
if you don't hate a team, then you're not, you know, then what's the fun of sports? You know, you gotta, there's gotta be a rival, you know, like the Seahawks, and 49ers, it's like so fun to hate the Seahawks and hate the Seahawks <laughs> fans. It doesn't mean I hate my friends that like the Seahawks. I just hate them five months of the year, you know, and it's, <laughs> we get past it. And it's more fun to sit and enjoy a game with someone who is rooting for the other team. It just is. And when it's a rival, it, it's it's a blast. Oh, my God, absolutely. I, I went to game six of um, the Dodgers World Series, um, I guess, two years ago against the Astros, the uh, big controversial one. Um, and oh, yeah. I got to do – I was at game six, and uh, a friend of mine with much, much more money than I have um, invited me to – we were like sixth row, right, be, right behind the catcher, game six. Um, and I had a couple of buddies that played for the Astros. And so I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so cool. I'm going to watch the Astros win the World Series. And I was like so excited. And, you know, but it, I was with three buddies that are all Dodgers fans. And so, yeah, I had to be, especially when you're down there, you know, I was so close. I was with them. And it was a really important game for them. So I had to be super respectful. And I wore a very <laughs> neutral hat. And I only cheered, you know, quietly inside. And, I high-fived them even if the Dodgers did well. To me, that was okay. It took me to the game, and they weren't playing the Giants. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm just a sports fan all around, yeah. and I just, I can watch any game. And when we're on the road, we're on tour. Like, one of my favorite things, if we have time, like a day off in a random city, is, is go to a game. Like, we did a big festival up in Canada and Toronto last year, and I took a day off before coming home um, and I went to um, a Toronto game and just to cool. check out the ballpark and, and yeah, my goal is to see all the ballparks one day. So and uh, I didn't really even care who was playing. And you have such an opportunity while you're on tour. If, when you have those rare days off to go and take in any sporting event that's in that city. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, I almost went to a WCW. I mean, it was SummerSlam in Toronto. <laughs> and, I almost, and it was it was a day game, the baseball game. And I was like, man, if we got out and we had two hours. And then all of a sudden we knew that SummerSlam or whatever, was, I don't really follow wrestling, but it was starting across the street at, at, at a big arena. And I was like, oh, my God, do we do this? And we almost <laughs> did. I kind of regret not. Oh, that's great. It's fun as hell. And being in Nashville, have you been able to go to a Predators game or to uh, to the Nashville Sound? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been to many, many. Nice. Um, it's so cool, man. The, the pride for the Nashville Predators in Nashville is uh, it's, uh, it's, it's unlike many that I've seen. And especially for such a new team, it's crazy. Mm. Uh, when we were in the, you know, the playoffs a couple years back, got, uh, I mean, all of Broadway, they, they set up a massive projector in front of the arena that they're playing in and 80,000 people came and watched the game on Broadway That's in front great. of the arena. So you could hear it happening and hear the cheering inside, but then also the 80,000, they could probably hear us outside. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's just uh rabid fans out there that have really fallen in love with hockey. And, uh, it, it's so cool to watch. Again, today I'm speaking with big machine records, artist, Tyler rich and, Tyler, that scene, that music scene in in Nashville, can you describe that? What is that like to be in the uh, middle of all of it? Oh man, uh, it's it's so cool. It's it's such a family. Um, it's extremely intimidating when you're not already in it. And I remember when I was going to originally move to Nashville five years ago from LA, 
just looking at it, it's just like getting into the whole monster, you know, and you're like, where do you even get started? And uh, I had some, you know, some, some mentors I was lucky enough to know in the industry that like, man, just move out of here. You know, we'll, we'll start like introducing you to some people. We'll tell you, you know, like what to do, what not to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I got out there and it was just, um, man, it's just, everybody's just so welcoming and it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, I remember I went into, cause like all the bars, there's the local bars and it doesn't matter if there's tourists there or not. Everybody that's a musician, whether super famous or, you know, just a known name, they just go out. It's not a, it's not normal like LA where, you know, people hide and whatnot. Nashville is between the fans and the artists. Everybody's just always out together. I mean, like that first night, you know, like Miranda Lambert was just chilling at this bar, you know, and Chris Young over here and Dan and Shay. And it's just like everybody's always everywhere because it really is a massive booming city that is such a small town. And it's, uh, everybody's kind of got his, it's, it's, it's a friendly competition between everybody. Everybody's got each other's back, but wants to beat everybody at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's inspiring, man. There's not, there's not a single day that's not inspiring me to, you know, to try but to be better and try harder and practice more. And, uh, the talent is just like a cesspool of like the most talented people in the world, just mm-hmm. living in such a fun city. Well, I know that Garth Brooks and Keith Urban are two of your biggest influences, and that that does yeah. come out in in your music. Your music is 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 very upbeat. I love the the new album, very fun album. And Thanks. in moving to Nashville, have you had an opportunity to meet up with either one of those artists, with Garth or Keith? Um, I, I was lucky enough to I got to interview Garth. Um, Back in the day when like Snapchat was you know really big and just booming, um, I got invited to take over this company Snapchat and interview Garth Brooks for two minutes in a media room before he played a big show in Knoxville. Mm. And um, that two minutes, like I wasn't a reporter, so my questions weren't necessarily reporter questions. They were more like information that I wanted to know about being, oh, you know, great. being being new to new to town and what to expect and stuff. Um, and he, uh, he loved the, the question and he, uh, he's like, man, when this is over, meet me over there in the other room and let's chat. And so I got to sit down with him and, um, they always say, you know, don't meet your idol because they'll ruin it for you. Mm. And, um, it's just, man, what a, what an incredibly humble and just generous man. Like he, he's so kind and so like honest and real. And, um, he, you know, he talked to me for a long time. Got my information, and he ended up reaching out a couple weeks later and uh, connecting me with his manager and his publishing company just for meetings, just to meet people, you know. And that led to me, you know, some of my favorite co-writers, you know, yeah. or co-writers that I still work with today are from some of those first meetings. And, uh, yeah, Garth will forever continue to be uh, my music hero, just, uh, not only just musically, but just as a person since wow. that. And as far as Keith, man, I... I, I <laughs> Every time somebody asks me, you know, what's your dream tour? What's your dream collab? I always, I always say Keith Urban. Uh, (laughs) And I've only gotten to meet him once. He, I did a festival with him in uh, Michigan called Faster Horses. And he was backstage and um, I I happened to know one of his guitar players and I ran a new guitar player backstage. I was like, oh man, I was like, I forgot that you played for Keith now. And then I was like, and then it clicked. I was like, I've got an in to meet Keith. Because, you know, you play these festivals. And even though we did play main stage, it's like you rarely see the headliner, you know. Sure. And so uh, I was, I got on my trailer and I saw him, um, Keith and him just talking. And so I like, perfect moment. And I 
said, you know, didn't drop anything. Like, man, I'm your biggest fan. What's up? You know, I was just, you know, hey, man, so cool to share the stage with you today. And, and that's about as that's about as close as it got to becoming friends. But you know, you just played it day, cool, though. Yeah, you know, you can't. Yeah, well, I'm really like, yeah. Love you so much, Keith. <laughs> yeah, you gotta play cool. So, in your conversation with Garth, did he give you any any advice, anything that you really took to heart? Honestly, yeah. He um, so he told me, and this is so important to to this day. Um, he was like, "Man, as a songwriter, because I was basically asked him he his story, and he has like a Netflix special right now, this documentary. I think it's two parts." On, which is incredible and you should watch if you haven't seen it mm. about his struggle and how crazy it was when he first moved to town and all the no's he got for a few years and before he finally started getting yeses and I was like you know what advice can you give me about all the no's I'm going to get for the first few years living in town and how to get past it and then so we were chatting through all that and like his struggles and everything and then uh, we started talking about songwriting and he goes man if I can leave you with one thing today I'm going to leave you with always obviously write the best song you can mm -hmm. but always record the best songs you've heard and that's basically like you know people are going to pitch me music and even though i didn't write it i need to listen to it like if it's the best song i've heard you know out of that whole day between songs i've written and songs i haven't i need to record the one that is the best and he goes if i if i would have you know, I had my ego as a songwriter in the way like we all do you know that would have never had friends in my places you know, i would have never right. had the dance, you know, all these other songs. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, and so <laughs> I took that with me and, you know, tried to put my ego to the side as a songwriter and all that stuff. And, um, my very first single I put out, I actually did not write. We had been going through tons and tons of pitches, just trying to find something that really perked our ears, what we believe to be a fun first single that would catch enough attention to, to you know, kickstart the career. We had, all sorts of music I'd written that we loved for second single, third single, but we wanted like that one. And we weren't sure we had it yet, you know? And so we started taking some outside pitches and we finally, uh, I was in this pitch meeting for four hours and wow. you imagine listening to songs for four hours, you realize that everybody's writing about the same thing. They're all using the same chords hmm. and it's all, it's all the same thing. And you know, about four hours in, um, I heard this song called the difference and it, it stopped me in my tracks. It was like, and the melody, the vibe, um, the lyric and the chorus, the way it flips at the end. Like, there were so many elements of the song, the way I related to it, the way I wish I wrote it, all these things. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, man, that's what Garth is talking about. And uh, and I was like, man, if I can have this song, because, you know, sometimes you'll hear songs that are on hold. Other artists already have it on hold, you know. Mm -hmm. So they'll, they'll play it for you anyways. But like, in case they decide they're not going to use it. And so I was like, man, if I can have this song, I'd love it. And, Yeah. And that that song, Good info, man. and that song is is really fantastic because it, it it's it's about a, a relationship, but it's a, about an elevated relationship. It's not about the one night stand or or the girl that you like. It's I want to be the difference in in your life. And I, it, it, what a great uh, first single. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, over quarantine, I just went gold, which is absolutely nuts. Oh, uh, great! So so excited about that. Yeah, we, I got like a a zoom call meeting that, you know, turned into a, uh, I thought it was just a catch up with the team. And then they surprised me like, Hey, your song just went gold, which is <laughs> you know, something I never knew I would ever even hear, you know, and the word anybody saying that to me, um, it's just super, super exciting. Yeah. The difference is just, um, 
it's about you about taking that next step. You know, it's about going from you know playful and casual to to something serious and wanting to to be that serious that difference uh, in someone's life. Yeah, it's yeah, and and I believe the next single, which also has this very sing along, I guess, feel to it, and that's feels like home. Um, now that's one that you wrote, correct? Yes. Yeah. So feels like home was a, um, I had taken a trip to Dublin, Ireland and I'm super, super Irish. I believe like 75% when I did that 23 and me thing or whatever it is. Oh, Uh, and so, uh, and my whole family, we've always known we're super Irish and we're Irish proud as you can be from being, you know, born here, (laughs) but (laughs) that, uh, we love the traditions. We love the songs and dancing, all that stuff. And, And it was crazy when, we had been. We went from Barcelona in Italy on this trip in the summer, and everything was hot and you know sweaty beaches and like all this stuff in the middle of August in Europe. And then as soon as we got to, which my wife now we were just dating, but you know she loved because that's her her thing. And then as soon as we got to Ireland, it was August still, but it was overcast and raining. And I was like, "This is my jam, Bay Area <laughs> weather right here. This is it." You know, and I was like. And um, as soon as we went into our first pub, it was like a Wednesday at four o'clock in the afternoon, or something like that. We walk into Irish pub and it's packed to the brim, you know. And then people are on stage, ripper dancing. I don't know if that's what they call it over there or just what we call it, but you know, dancing and spinning each other and music and beers flying. And I was like, oh my god! I was like, this feels like home. I was like, it's crazy. I can be somewhere I'm so far away from home and have this crazy innate feeling of this familiarness and. Um, and then, so I kind of wrote down that idea and then a couple of years passed and I was figuring out how do I expand this idea into something that's, you know, that's, that's me and current and something that, you know, would work here. And I started thinking about that pub and like how every place in Ireland was like that. And I've related it to touring here in the States where, you know, we go to these small towns sometimes that we've never even heard of. You can find a bar in any small town it's going to play, you know, certain songs or it's going to have a, a you know, mechanical bowl in the corner or it's going to, there's going to be something about a place, you know, a little pub, a little dive bar, a little whatever it is and every little city that can make you feel like home. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a certain song will come on, Friends of No Places or what are other songs everybody loves, like Don't Stop Believing or Sweet Caroline Mom. Uh, you know, those songs come on where it doesn't matter who you, if you don't know anybody, and the entire bar starts singing along like everybody's best friend. Yeah. And um, that was that was what we wanted to embody in that song is, you know, strangers and unfamiliar places feeling like home. It's a great song and it definitely has that vibe. It's a great follow-up to The Difference. And Yeah, thanks, man. I just saw that you released a little while ago uh, th- these live at home sessions, and that is just you, a guitar, and a microphone. Is that in response to not being able to go out and tour during this COVID era or, um, or was that already planned? Yeah. So we, um, basically, you know, five months being stuck at home. I've, I've been doing all these weekly Instagram live shows and it's called, uh, conveniently because it's a new single, but because I actually am at home, it's, you know, every Thursday or Friday night, I've done a, you know, feels like home couch series. And it's just been, you know, me with my guitar sitting on the couch on Instagram live, taking requests, playing songs, you know, keeping fans engaged, getting mm-hmm. to know them better, talking back and forth. And so 
I was thinking because, you know, I truly have gotten so much closer to so many fans because of these Instagram live shows we've been doing all quarantine and usually meet and greet, you know, with 10 seconds, 15 seconds, a hug, a high, a picture by hug, a high, a picture by. Whereas then now it's like, I'll do these shows for an hour and talk back and forth with people. And, um, it's been great. I was like, man, next year when we're all back touring again and all that stuff, and this isn't a normal thing anymore, I want to give the fans something that they can have forever that will always remind them of this crazy time that, you know, where it was just me and my guitar and my couch again. Yeah. And so I recorded five songs live at home. So just, there's no production, there's no anything. It's just me and my guitar singing five songs at home. Um, record, print, release and i didn't really know what to expect it's kind of just more for fun and uh it absolutely killed for me and it is people people really love it it's it's awesome it it kind of blew me away well it's completely stripped down to where it's just it's just you your guitar and and that's it and there there isn't the heightened production or any pitch bending or anything it's just raw and that shows off your voice and your musicianship Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I love that you listened to it. Yes. I, I didn't know that. Uh, I knew you were going to listen to the album. I didn't know you were going to listen to the new EP, too. That's awesome. Yeah, you gave absolutely. Me an hour, you, gave me, you gave me your ears for an hour, and I appreciate that. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Yeah, in fact, I listened to it with my with my kids and my daughters who are nineteen and sixteen are now both fans. So so you got you got oh, them awesome. tuning into your Instagram live too. Perfect. That's always the goal. We got to get the. Uh, the high school and just had a high school fan, you know, because those are the ones that are going to last for a long time. You know, we need them for the next 10 years or so. so. Well, I got a target demographic. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm happy to have a couple in my house and, and Tyler, I, I'm, I appreciate your time. I thank you for coming on with us and really good luck with, with the new album, 2000 miles. It's available now. And, uh, and I wish you the best with it, man. Thank you so much, man. This was great. Thanks for listening to the Score Music and Sports Podcast. You can listen to the music mentioned in this podcast by clicking the Spotify link in the description or by searching The Score on Spotify. Please take a moment to leave a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive interviews and playlists, subscribe to The Score Music and Sports Podcast now.